Hey, you guys, welcome to the Made in Magic podcast, where each episode we discuss a different aspect of Disney from vacation tips, Disney history, top fives, cast member interviews, and more. I'm your host, Dawn Brown, and this is episode number four. I'm here to bring you the guests and info that'll help you have the best possible Disney experience, whether you're adventuring in the parks or at home via Disney movies, shows, and books, and we'll be picking up new friends along the way. You can catch the audio recordings on our website at mainandmagic.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Just search for Main and Magic. You can also find us on Instagram at Main and Magic, and after the show, we invite you to join our private Facebook community to share your thoughts about each topic and to connect with other Disney fans. This episode starts our Cast Member Stories series. I knew when I started this podcast that I wanted to include personal stories and experiences from Disney cast members. We all know that the attractions and the characters are great, but it's the cast members that are the real magic makers. Walt Disney himself knew this and was deeply dedicated to the ideas of service and show. That is why at each of the kingdoms around the world, you'll find a casting agency door with the quote, It takes people to make the dream a reality. It is an everlasting tribute to each and every cast member making magic around the world. See if you can find it on Main Street next time you visit. For this inaugural episode of the series, I'm joined by my longtime friend, Katie Fisher from Pictures and Postcards Travel, and we sit down and talk about her experience on the Walt Disney World College program in fall 2001. We talk about how she found out about the program, what inspired her to apply, and what her role was like. She also recounts how 9-11 affected her program and how, with a little Disney magic, she reconnected with a long-lost childhood friend. So join us on the red car trolley as we take a ride to the crossroads of Maine and magic. Okay, guys, today I have Katie with me. You, you've you known Katie now for like two or three episodes. So um, Katie's back and we are actually, I'm actually going to interview her today about her Disney college program. I always want to try to draw some attention back to the Disney cast members because they are kind of the ones that make everything extra magical. The parks are cool, and the details are cool, but it's the people that you interact with that make it something a little bit extra special. So, hi, Katie. Hi, Dawn. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Let's get right into it. So, obviously, it's been a while since you worked at Disney, but (laughs) it's still (laughs) probably still feels like it was just yesterday. Yes, it does. Um, Okay. So just give me like the quick one, two on your program year and what season you did. So I did the fall season, which were uh, in 2001, uh, ran from August to January the middle of August to end of August to about the middle of January. 
Um, and I was given the role as a food and beverage quick service hostess at MGM on Sunset Boulevard. So that lovely street that we always talk about on the way to Tower of Terror, all the food service stands that were in there, including one a little bit off the beaten path. But uh, those were all my potential areas of expertise, if you will. Um, but mostly I was at Anaheim Produce selling pretzels and frozen lemonade. And I know you also worked Much. at Scoops. <laughs> and Scoops, yeah. Scoops was there. And so uh, Gertie's, which is the one that's off the beaten path, um, that's not on Sunset, but it was ran by the Sunset cast, if you will. Um, so I got to go and hide away in the little dinosaur and serve some soft serve ice cream, which was always fun. That was one of my favorite locations to work. <laughs> it was. I know. I loved it, especially after Indiana Jones let out because I was, you know, it, you got a good half an hour of busyness and seeing everybody come out from it. So, yeah, I, I liked working there. And it was nice and quiet. Before we kind of get into the super specifics, <laughs> tell us why did you want to work for Disney? Like what inspired you to apply for the Disney college program? Oh, um, so as everybody has heard from our previous uh, conversations, I have always, since I was younger and our first time at Disney, I've always had a love for Disney. Uh, my parents taking us and just the magic of Disney, um, just being able to be a part of that and kind of see get to experience and make the magic that made my trip so memorable. So being able to actually be a part of that, just when the opportunity presented itself, it was a little scary at first because kind of grew up under a rock and <laughs> never lived away from home, never, you know, really went anywhere without my family. So it was a little bit rough, but being able to just say that I worked for the Walt Disney Company was, I knew that I just had to do that. Um, my parents always joke around that I can carry a conversation with the wall. So being uh, in such a huge company where you get to meet different people from all walks of life and make friends from everywhere, uh, it was just something I knew I had to do. How did you how did you find out about it? Because now you know it, you would have applied in like late two thousand or early two thousand one, and you know back then the internet was not what it is now. Yeah, no. So I actually went to a small um, private community college in Western New York, and I was actually studying photography, which is a far cry from hospitality. Uh, but so I was studying photography and for, I don't even know how I was walking the halls and I saw the purple and yellow Disney college program um, sign on one of the walls and kind of took the information down and went home and talked to my parents about it. And the interview process was actually at one of the SUNY schools in Western New York. So I got, I applied, I was given the opportunity for an uh, an interview, and I actually still remember the interview too. Like, one of the questions was, if the only job we can give you is 
a janitor, would you still want to work for the company? Yes, absolutely. That's the old, I, yeah, sure. I'll clean up after people. You mean I still get to work at Disney? Okay, that's fine. Um, but it was a group interview, which was a new dynamic for me. I had never been in a group, a group interview atmosphere before. So that was a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, so strange. <laughs> I had that too. Really was. Um, but I found out a couple weeks later that I was given the role and we actually had a trip. It was probably like our fifth trip at this time uh, as a family. Uh, we had our trip planned for August and it just so happened that my start date when I was given, you know, congratulations where, you know, I was accepted to the program. It, my start date coincided on the like third last day of our vacation. So that whole, you know, me never being away from home, it actually made it a lot easier transitioning away from my family because they were down there with me. So I started my role and was still kind of on vacation a little bit for a couple of days. And yeah, that's cool that you had yeah, that opportunity to kind of like make the shift with them. Yeah. I will say though, the day that they were leaving, cause you know, leaving, I mean, leaving Disney is always sad and they're, they're getting ready to go and, and, uh, I was staying. Um, they got to see my apartment though and help me move into my apartment and they, uh, that was rough, you know, saying goodbye cause you're not going to see them for six months, five months. Then I knew they were going to come down and visit, but you don't just have them right there. Yeah. And that, that was hard. That was, that was probably one of the hardest things ever. Cause I, like our family, we are very family oriented. Family always comes first. And, you know, I talk to my mom and dad pretty much every day. So not having them there, cause back, okay, so back in 2001, there were, you, know, you had a cell phone, but I was 19 years old. Um, 20 years old, I couldn't afford to pay for a cell phone while I was on the internship. So I didn't have a cell phone. I had calling cards. Yep. <laughs> Remember those things? <laughs> yeah, I had calling cards. So I had to, I had to watch my minutes and what I had to be able to call home and, and, you know, do that. But it was a little rough, but I made it through. Yeah, that was, that was my, my first cell phone. My my dad got a family plan, you know, you got you get four yep. phones on it and he he gave me one and you know, it was like if you if you call between 7 and 9 p.m. that it doesn't go against your 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 group minutes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh, that's right. And there was, yep. <laughs> there was one spot in my apartment and it was like on the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> that I could talk on the phone, like that I had a signal, and like yeah. so, you, you know, and and you're the you're the college program kid, so you're probably working at seven o'clock at night, pretty much because <laughs> it's like whatever the worst hours are, that's the hours you're working. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So, except I, I think that they tested you because I, I remember like my first two weekends of actually, you know, earning my ears at, at produce, at Anaheim produce, um, getting that first shift. 
And I was almost like, all right, well, let's put her on the first shift and see if she can actually make it to work on time at 6 a.m. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's how we're going to weed people out. We're going to put them on the first shift on their first day to see what time they actually get here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. How so how did you feel when you found out your role and your park assignment? Were you happy? Were you apprehensive? Were you like, I, excited? I was actually very excited and very comfortable with my role. So regardless of studying photography in college, um, I was working for a local fast food chain in Buffalo, which is Ted's Hot Dog. So a uh, little plug there. If you ever come to Buffalo, you got to get a Ted's Hot Dog. Um, but I was working there since I was 16. So I had always been in, in fast food. Um, so being working as quick service and regardless of only serving, you know, pretzels and lemonade, or sometimes I would go work at Rosie's Cafe and, and be in the kitchen doing, you know, the burgers or on the line serving drinks, things like that. I was very comfortable with my role because I had been doing it for so long. So it actually didn't bother me at all. I kind of wished I would have been able to maybe get the opportunity to be, you know, one of the ride attendants or um, even in merchandise, but I was very comfortable with what I was doing because I was doing it back home. So I knew that I could crush this. I got this. This is this is a piece of cake. No problem. How about yeah, your park it, assignment? Were, were you like, was that your, you know, preferred park or did you have a preferred park in mind? I didn't have a preferred park in mind. I think everyone goes, you know, if you get the college program, you, you want to work Magic Kingdom because... Not me. Where the magic is. I was literally but... like, please, like, you know, when they ask you what, you know, where'd you, I, I was literally like, Magic Kingdom is last on my list. Because <laughs> that's my I... vacation to me. Like, that was my. That's true. I think, I, I wouldn't have minded being put, in, being put at Magic Kingdom, but I was, I was okay with the park I was put at because I you know, a, a lot of the memories, you know, you have memory. Everyone can come up with a memory of Disney at every park. You have one memory that you really remember at every park. And I think Hollywood Studio or MGM, but now Hollywood Studios, I have a lot of memories from there. So being put there, I, I was happy with that. I was, I was very happy with that. Um, Working for Disney in general, though, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, <laughs> you kind of just get happy put anywhere. And, you know, of course, you could have ended up in quick service at a resort or at one of the water parks or so. It, it's funny we think about like you're going to go work for Disney and you think of the, the four major parks, but there's, you know, 30 hotels and there's two water parks and, you know, even beyond you know, Disney, there's Disney Springs, there's all these different places that you could get put and you, you don't necessarily get to choose when you're doing the college program. They might ask you if you have a preference or what, mm -hmm. what really interests you or whatever, but they're, you know, they can't guarantee you any park or any location or any position or anything. So, 
Okay, so what were like what were your duties as a quick service food and beverage um, hostess? So pretty much depended on the location that I was put at. Like I said, most of the time I was at Anaheim Produce. So it was getting the lemonade machine working and it was very I don't know if they still how they get the lemonade and the thing, but I remember how we used to have to get the lemonade and the machine and the big freezer that was backstage that held the buckets of it. But getting, keeping everything stocked, uh, I remember it was the first time I had ever learned that if you want to keep ice, because obviously Disney, hot, super hot, especially in September, October, um, if you want to keep ice, ice, you put salt on it. So, the little grab-and-go stand that was in Anaheim Produce that we had fresh fruit and pickles in the bag, pop, soda, uh, <laughs> um, drinks, things like that that were not the frozen lemonade, you would get there was containers of salt. And when you put the ice in the buckets, you got to sprinkle salt on it to keep it ice. You always try to watch that kid come and like, grab a piece of ice to eat like, oh, dude, don't do that. Don't grow. <laughs> You're going to regret that. So mostly just keeping the stand stocked and presentable for guests to come up. And I'm working on the register, obviously cashing people out. So, you know, keeping your till even. And and the biggest thing was just the guest interaction because they're only there for a quick second to get their food. And then they're they're leaving. So it's not like entertainment or merchandise where somebody's in there for a long while. You know, they're coming up, they're ordering a pretzel, and then they're leaving. So you only had a couple of minutes to make a good impression, basically. But just keeping everything stocked and everyone happy and not hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, those pretzels will fill you up. So. Oh, they're so good. I love them I so are. much. Um, yeah. Okay, so tell me about... We, you know, we were talking about, you know, work, work times and things like that earlier. Tell me about like a typical day for you from leaving your apartment to going back home. So my apartment, I was at, at the time it was the new complex. So it was called Chatham. Um, so to get from my hotel to the park, I had to take a, a bus, which was not a normal bus, not like you know a, a, a NF or a metro bus, but just a bus that they provided for us. So I had to take a bus from my hotel, your apartment, to my. I'm sorry, yeah, <laughs> not on vacation. Um, my apartment to the main apartment where the buses were. So you had to take into account when the bus at the main apartment complex was leaving to go to your home park but go from Chatham to Vista and get on the bus to go from Vista to MGM, go backstage, go through security. Uh, at the time, we were allowed to take, I believe, five costumes home yep. with us at a time. So, you know, kind of had to, if I needed to get more costumes or, or whatnot, but go through security, go backstage, uh, and then hop on one of the cast bikes that were in the back by by costuming and ride the bike over to Sunset, which is not as close as you think it would be. 
<laughs> um, and then get the register all ready, figure out what assignment I was working, but see if anything had to get done on stage and make sure everything was prepped. Most of the time, I always had to get my register and start my day. And then at the end of the day, um, I mostly worked the night shift after that first week or so of, can she do this? Um, so I was a lot of times on the night shift and always had to close up. And I remember the huge green tarps that we had to pull down on it to close up. And you, you know, as soon as the park was closed, that thing went down um, and basically just put everything away, clean out the lemonade machine and that was it go back home and start all over uh at the time we had pleasure island so there were a couple times that you know once i eventually made friends which was a little hard but you know going to pleasure island and kind of walking around and if another park was open sometimes i might sneak over to another park kind of hang out because you're allowed to as long as you're not on on shift so but yeah, go back to my apartment, have dinner, and then start all over the next day. <laughs> and that was it for <laughs> five months. That's funny that you took the bike because I always just walked through the park. <laughs> like, I would go across Hollywood backstage. Like, I would do the little jog across Hollywood yeah. and then pop backstage over there and then go through backstage and then scurry across sunset to backstage <laughs> like a little mouse yeah. <laughs> um i wonder if the bikes are still there like that was the one thing be. that i liked that was the one thing i liked about um what's it called um backlot tour because when you were on the backlot tour every once in a while you would see a cast member riding their bike back there yeah <laughs> Yep, it's true. You heard it here, guys. You can't test the theory because it's not there anymore, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, let's get into some fun stuff. Did you have any particularly memorable guest interactions while you were working? So not in the sense that you see on TV or hear from a lot of people that, you know, you made this, you know, whatever with a little kid. Um, but something kind of for me that was memorable is when I went, I actually, it actually made my, my internship a little bit easier. Every month that I was there, somebody from back home, ironically, was there. So it wasn't a memorable guest interaction in the typical sense, but I was able to kind of show my family or my friends that came down on their own trip something that they might not have seen. So I remember a family that we had growing, friends of ours from growing up, they came and they had never known that at the time you were allowed to go on top of the contemporary and watch the Magic Kingdom fireworks. So you know, kind of told them this little thing and we went and uh, the four of them and, and myself, we were up there and watched the fireworks from up there. And I'll never forget, you know, the mom, she was just in awe because she didn't know that they had gone to Disney all these years and they didn't know that 
this is something that you can do. Now it's not something you can do anymore. You have to be eating at at uh in the contemporary in order to do that, but just to kind of if you will, that little, this is a Disney secret that I know about because I'm a cast member and kind of give them that. But we had my high school that I graduated from, the senior class trip always goes, their senior trip is to Disney or was to Disney. Um, so I had the seniors all come down and visit. And that was fun when all the senior class came down to see me. That was, that made my day. Like it might not have been my guest interaction, but them cheering my name, walking up, like that kind of made me happy. But well, yeah, that's, that's cool. It's still yeah. a guest interaction, totally, because right. you are, I mean, like you said, as a cast member, because, you know, when you're down there on the Disney College program, it's like you said, your family's not there. So you've just like made your own family for the time being and on your days off and your time off you you you're just exploring so you yeah. find random little things around or you know another cast member says well did you try this or you know y- you find out little things through the grapevine that you can do and you go check them out and now you know and now you can tell somebody else that's just going there on vacation and even though it doesn't seem like a big deal it's because you can do it whenever you want. They, you know, for them, that they, they, they wouldn't have known about it unless you told them. Right. So I would say that's a cast interaction for, or a guest interaction for sure. Okay. So what is a special experience that you had because you were a cast member? Like, Something you got to do only because you were a cast member. I have to go to the parks every day. So on my day off, my fa- I have two favorite Disney movies. One of them is obviously Lilo and Stitch because it is. Um, but the other one is Tarzan. And at the time, in Animal Kingdom, was this amazing show, Tarzan Rocks. And every single day on my day off, not even kidding, I would get a bus to Animal Kingdom. I had, I knew the schedule of Tarzan Rocks. I knew when it was playing. I would <laughs> figure it out. And I would go to Animal Kingdom just to go watch Tarzan Rocks. And then I would leave and maybe go to a different park or go somewhere else. But I would only go to Animal Kingdom and watch Tarzan Rocks. So that's something that I wouldn't have been able to do as just some, I mean, unless I had an annual pass. That was something that I did quite often. <laughs> Literally every day I was off, which was a lot of fun. Other than that, I mean, oh, the Utilidors going down the underground tunnels of Magic Kingdom. Oh, the um, Utilidors. Yeah. Are you serious? There's there's yeah. literally people listening right now where they're like, I I just want to go in the Utilidors and she she <laughs> randomly forgot about it. <laughs> I know, sorry. It you know what? So okay, obviously, being on the Disney College program, I never would have met you, and we would not have become such close friends. So 
that is one thing. But myself and and you and another one of our friends going in the Utilidor was it was an experience. <laughs> it was a tumultuous. Um, <laughs> it I will never forget walking in the Utilidor and I don't I you know, I'm a kid at heart. I might look like an adult on the outside, but deep down, I'm a five-year-old, and <laughs> I need that Disney magic, and I will never forget walking down there, the three of us, and our friend, I'm making him cover our eyes, because I don't need to see something that's going to ruin the magic for me, and I'm just going to leave it at that. And, yep. you know, we knew when that section was, and we made sure, like, okay, don't let me see it. <laughs> I can't <laughs> see something. Um, but it didn't ruin any magic. It was still, it was, uh, they're interesting. I prefer going backstage at Hollywood, at uh, MGM than the Utilidor. They're cool guys. They're really cool, but you know, it's. And when you get the tour, (laughs) when you're, when you're a regular guest and you pay for the tour, you will Mm -hmm. not see Anything that anybody familiar. that's friends with Mickey or anybody that's right. friends with Donald that you won't see them because they, they know and away from that yes spot. yes so <laughs> don't feel like if you go down there you're gonna see something that you're not right. supposed to see. <laughs> they would not pay to make you lose the magic. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a, a funny I do have a, a funny experience from down there, but I think I'll save it for another for a different <laughs> episode. Um what okay. Besides Tarzan <laughs> what were your favorite things to do for fun on your time off? Honestly just walk the parks and kind of I don't know, be able to go to the park when I wanted to. And it sounds so silly and so corny, but I was all about, and and I, it didn't matter that I didn't have a costume on and, you know, anyone not listening when I, when, when we say costume, like when you're working, your, your uniform is your costume. So just because I didn't have my costume on, which was the picture 50s curtain because it was this hideous (laughs) pastel striped button down shirt that went to like your hips and then you had to wear a long skirt that was not flattering at all. So that was cool. Uh, But not having a costume on, like when I went to the park, I still, in my head, I was still a cast member. Like, I was still gonna, if I saw a family sitting there that they're trying to get a picture of the, you know, the dad's gonna take a picture of the mom and the kids and vice versa, I would always jump in, I'll take it for you. Or if I was on a bus, because just because we had our cast buses, I would still, you know, okay, I'm done with Animal Kingdom. Now I'm gonna go to Hollywood Studios and go see what Dawn's doing at Scoops and, you know, go hang out and, so I would jump on the bus and make sure I would I would just talk to anybody or if I saw you know a princess that was wearing her a little girl wearing princess costume I would oh hi princess are you having fun and just you know basically just trying to always keep the magic 
You can't turn it off. You can't. I feel like... Have you ever seen... There's this meme out there. I should find it and save it and post it all the time. But there's this meme out there that's like, you get accepted to the Disney College program, and then that becomes your personality for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, because I still do it on vacation. It's uh, me too, me too. It's probably annoying for my family. I don't even know, especially the picture thing. You see people now because they're trying to take a selfie, and I'm like, oh, you know, right? Let you want me to take a and you know. The photographer in me, I can't help myself. So I'm like, well, well, let's go over here. It's better lighting. And then I'm like, okay, no. And I'm posing them. Like it's the whole photo shoot on the cell phone. But right? you can't turn it off. It, it just. You really can't. It, it's a, it's very few people I've found, you know, that, that they just, they're over it. But, uh, you know, the rest of us, like probably 95% of us, that it really is like you, forever forever in perpetuity going forward until the end of time <laughs> yep. how do you point if, if somebody asks like right now if somebody were to ask you to hey can you uh point me how do you point still two fingers two, or a hand. two fingers or a hand always yep i still do too like nope it's that way and <laughs> yeah it's ingrained and, and uh, I I know joking around. Somebody said before I went down, they're like, "Oh, you're working for Disney. They're happy all the time. You got better make sure you have sugar in your apartment. So you have to take a spoonful of sugar every day." And no joke, like I mean, you don't really because you have no teeth anymore. But <laughs> yeah, you're you it didn't matter what you had going on. You when you were working, you were happy. Yeah, and you had to find your happy place no matter what because people are paying to be there. I think you just find it though. You know, it, 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 I think the recruiters were, were good at finding the, if you will, true believers. Yeah. So you, you're just naturally that way anyway. Mm-hmm. But okay. So overall, was it what you expected? Oh, more. Absolutely. It, I, it's a one word answer. It was more than I expected. It was everything. I, I, I didn't expect to come. I didn't expect to come home broke <laughs> because let's face it, uh, all the money that I did make, I spent on souvenirs, uh, and things I obviously don't need. But, um, yeah, it, it was, it was everything I could have imagined. I recommended to anybody that that I talked to back home, um, especially if you know they're in the hospitality industry or they have that outgoing personality or they have a love for Disney. I just tell everybody you ha- at least try. And I am so out of loop. I mean, we're talking almost twenty years later. What's the interview process like now? What's you know? I would love to know what the whole process, how the process is now, but I would do it over again in a heartbeat. 100%. You know, from what I know about the process now, it's the process that we went through, but on the internet. You know, instead of a Disney recruiter coming to your college campus to do an interview, it, you're doing it on a Zoom. 
Um, yeah. I, I don't know that for sure, but I, I will, I am going to make a point of talking to like more current cast members for future interviews, uh, you know, just to see some of the differences, but I know it's a lot more competitive now because I do see some kids saying that they applied three and four times before they got accepted to do one, which is just insane to me because I got accepted on my first try. So yeah, I I do I think it's a lot more competitive. Okay. So it was more than you expected, but what mm-hmm. what was there anything that surprised you about it? Like what what surprised you about being a cast member? So there hmm, how do I put this? <sighs> <laughs> okay, so on I it was probably like my second week. Okay. Probably it was very early on. And um where our apartments were, so anyone who goes to 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 Disney often on your way from the Orlando airport to your Disney resort, you pass this ginormous ginormous church called Mary Queen of the Universe, which is right where our apartments were. Mm-hmm. And very early on, I was being a very good girl and went and did my weekly duties and went to went to mass and it made me late for work, like a half an hour late. And I got ran up for it. And I, I was very surprised that they, it was basically, it's not that your beliefs didn't matter, but it was you need to find a different time to honor your obligations um, because when we need you here, you're supposed to be here. So there were no exceptions to anything. If your shift started at 7, you were there by 7. And it wasn't like, well, I had to go to church or I had, you know, I missed the bus. There was, it was no joke. So it was a little bit surprising that, I mean, and I, a lot of companies are like that. I'm not, you know, naive or anything, you know, anything like that. But, you know, back home working, because I've, I've worked since I was 15, I would tell work, you know, I can't start work on Sunday at 8 o'clock. I can't start until 9 because I go to mass or, you know, whatever the case may be. And it was worked out that that's how it was, that they honored that this was something that I had to do. And does he, they, didn't I don't want to say they didn't care but they didn't care you know? yeah so that was a that was a shock to not shock but it was eye-opening that oh this is the real world uh people are paying a lot of money and I need to be here and that was the last time that I was late <laughs> the only time and the last time that I was late so just you know the, the there's no exceptions there's no you don't it is what it is yeah and and they are they are I mean they're they're strict with their cast members not in a mean way in, right, in a right. we're managing we're you know managing a sixty thousand member workforce <laughs> um, which is I mean for those of you who don't know Walt Disney World is the largest single site employer on earth. So if you can just imagine that, (laughs) 
Uh, I, I know I, I, I had a, a, a few of, of those scenarios myself. Y- yeah, it, it was. So if you're thinking about going, just know that this is, even though you're only selling ice cream or you're only selling Mickey plushes, this is a real job with a right. Fortune 100 company that for five or six months they're asking you to make them the priority and then for the rest of your life you can write that you worked for the Walt Disney Company on your resume Mm -hmm. it's a pretty fair trade I think I agree the the other thing too is um, I, I remember in my interview and they said just so you know, if you think you're coming to Disney and working for Disney and you're going to leave here with a lot of money, you are not. It's a paid internship, but it's an internship paid that you're getting paid to basically get by. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that was a lot of money for, oh no. There, there were days that, you know, are at a certain point during the internship, um, hours were cut a little bit. And of course, internship kids, you know, students get cut first. So there were times that my paycheck was zero. I mean, if if I could have had a negative paycheck, my paycheck would have been negative. So when they say that you don't make money, oh, you don't make money. <laughs> you and and actually, let's talk about that because, mm-hmm. I, and I had, you know, full disclosure, I had asked, I had asked, asked you off mic if it was okay if we discussed this this thing that happened yeah so you were there for 9-11 yep and and ours did get cut I know that the Disney College program students were guaranteed was it like 25 hours a week or 30 hours a week yeah, I think it was like 25 or, or 20, 25, 28. It was between 25 and 30 um, that you were guaranteed. So 9-11, uh, you know, we're, we're coming off of summer. So work hours were like 50 hours a week still. Yeah. So your your paycheck basically got cut in half. Now you're paying for your apartment, you're paying for your food. So at that end of the week, it was already tight because we were making minimum wage. Less. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were, there, that was a rough time. Um, but do you mind? I think people are always curious because it's, there's so rarely a an unplanned closing of a major theme park. Do you mind yeah. sharing what was your day like that day? What were you working? Were you off? What did you do? So I don't mind as long as you don't mind if I get emotional. Um, but so I was actually off and I had finally, it was, maybe three weeks into the internship and I had finally like made a new friend that worked on sunset with me. Um, and she was in my apartment complex, like building over and we had made arrangements to 
go to Animal Kingdom for the day because I had been to Disney multiple times at this point and I'll never, she has never been, had never been to Disney before. So I'm like, oh, let's go do Animal, or I'm sorry, she had never been to Animal Kingdom before. Excuse me. So So you were trying to to woo her over to your Tarzan obsession. I was. (laughs) Yes. Like, you got to come see this amazing show. Um, (laughs) So we had made arrangements to meet in the apartment lobby or, you know, the the center. The clubhouse. The clubhouse, yes. Thank you. That's uh, right by where the buses are. And I got down there first because, of course, you know, when when it comes to Disney – there's no sleeping in. Like, I'm up at the break of dawn, ready to go. So here I am, like, yes, we're going to Disney. Even though I go there every day now, but we're going to Disney <laughs> on the off day. So I'm getting up, and I was down in the clubhouse, and the TV was on. And I didn't know what I was looking at. Um, one of the towers at that time was already hit. And as she was walking into the clubhouse is right when the second plane hit the tower. And I can remember just sitting there looking at the TV saying, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Like everyone in the world was doing, you know, nobody knew. Yep. Um, And just kind of in awe for a minute. And I remember looking at my watch and saying, the bus is going to be here. Let's get down to the bus stop. And we left. And that was it. We didn't know what the heck was going on. We got on the bus from Chatham, went to Vista, got on the bus at Vista to get to Animal Kingdom. And we got to Animal Kingdom as Animal Kingdom was closing. And I was not in the park. I did not know that they had made an announcement. We had no idea. We literally got off the bus, started walking towards the gate because as a cast member, you are allowed to enter backstage at all the parks except Animal Kingdom. Um, as you know, if you're uh, not working, so we were going in through the front gate, and we were walking in as just a mass amount of crowds is walking out. And I remember looking at her and saying, "Oh my gosh, that wasn't an accident. We knew exactly why the park was letting out. Figured something happened." We went back to the bus stop and sat at the bus stop with no cell phones and waited for probably over an hour for a bus to come back because at that point, four parks and two water parks had closed at once. So now not everybody takes Disney transportation. A lot of people drive. So the amount of traffic it was, it, it probably took us, we uh, we probably didn't get back to our apartment till noon, and we left at 8 a.m., and that was just going from our apartment to Animal Kingdom and right back to our apartment. It took us over four hours. And at that point, we got back, and all the events were over. Um, we knew nothing. Like We were pretty much... In the dark, we knew what happened to start it, and we knew nothing that happened after. And uh, yeah, it was it was an emotional day. It was 
it was very hard because I I had my room. I have my, my two roommates, um, and I had my one friend, and that was all I had, and I had nothing. And I remember I couldn't get a hold of my parents. I couldn't get through. I couldn't talk to my mom to see if anyone was okay. Um, I have family in Pennsylvania, so hearing about that, that scared the crap out of me because, like, I don't know anything more than yeah Pennsylvania and near Pittsburgh, and, and so that scared me. Um, and uh, yeah, the next day, it was just, it was a whole nother world walking into work the next day. But yeah, it was a um, weird time because you, you, you're almost thinking like, do do we go to work tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. You know what what what's happening? Yeah. So and it, you know it's it's very so for me every year on nine eleven I sit and I watch whatever I can about it. Because I didn't see any of this. Like, I only saw the the recaps of it or, you know, showing it. And it was obviously tragic. It was, it was a moment in history. It was something that, you know, we all, we all lived through, but I didn't see any of that. So to me, it's like, I wanted, I don't want to live through it again because that's not it, but I didn't, you know, some things that people say, I'm like, oh, wait, what? I mean, back in, you know, 2002, 2003, like, I didn't know that that happened because um, I didn't see any of the news. I didn't see anything. I was literally on a park bench for four hours. Yeah, it's important to note, too. Okay, this is 2001, and we've got college students. So you maybe had a TV in your apartment, but you probably didn't have cable. Right. No. So this 24-hour news cycle, I mean, it existed back then if you had cable. But if you didn't have cable, then it was whatever was on the regular news. So it wasn't the way that we take in world events now is very different. And it's unless you lived through it. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to draw a picture for somebody for what it was like. Yeah. So do you it, feel it was like definitely emotional? Do you feel like that affected the rest of your college program while you were there in a negative way, or do you feel like you were able to recover from it and you know really get the most out of your program when that happened? Um, I think for the, the couple, maybe like the week or so after was hard and I actually did contemplate going home, but I knew going home wouldn't change anything. I would probably regret it. I couldn't change what had happened. I knew at the time, you know, I found, I knew my family was safe. So I basically, I recovered fairly well from it and that's you know after those events is when I was able to okay start really making friends and I think shortly after 9-11 is when you and I became very close 
um, started hanging out more um, and making more friends that I worked with. Yeah. And getting those relationships and actually, you know, not being, oh, woe is me. I'm going to sit in my apartment and sulk because I have no friends. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to make friends now because now more than ever, I need friends. And now our hours are cut. Mm-hmm. You know, we have more time. So what am I going to do? Sit in my apartment for, you know, every single day and, and do nothing? No, I'm going to, I'm, I'm in Disney. I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to get myself to the parks and I'm going to make friends. And, and I did. And here we are. <laughs> in a so weird I, way, I think that actually made our work locations tighter. Yes. I don't, yes. I can't really put my finger on it, I guess, just because of what it was. And I think, you know, it kind of goes along with, with everybody everywhere and not just, you know, yes, our work locations and your Disney community, but the whole, all of the United States kind of did that. And it kind of was just this ripple effect that everybody looked out for everybody now. And I think that it actually, yes, in a weird way, a tragedy brought everybody together because we all knew we needed each other because we were all in the same boat. We all, didn't have our family with us. We didn't, we didn't have a cell phone to call mom right away or, you know, we couldn't jump on the next bus up to, you know, Daytona to go where, you know, we, our families were thousands of miles away from us. So our, the only family we had was the family we were working with. And, and that's, it, it did bring everyone together. Okay, let's move along to happier things. Yes. <laughs> but I did I I thought, you know, people will be will be curious about that because it, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, like these kids that just got let out in March. Can you imagine you you you're there for 6 weeks and then all of a sudden like you're you're getting sent home by the company because there's a pandemic going on. I I thought mine was bad. This this is <laughs> so much worse. Yeah. But um, happier things. Uh, let's see. Do you have any, uh, like, treasured possessions from your college program? Okay. So I have a couple. Um, I obviously have my name tags that I will never get rid of. I know. Um, <laughs> however, I will say I put them in a safe spot. I know they're here. But I don't remember the safe spot that I put them in. Oh no! But like they're here. They're in. They're in one of my multiple totes of moving things around. I just have to remember what it is. Um, but I still have those. Um, I have a couple of pins that say Disney cast member or just cast member on them that James, my son, has acquired in his pin collection. Um, so he holds on to those for me. Uh, I have six copies of Eyes and Ears, which is the uh, newspaper, if you will, yes, for the cast, cast members. Cast member newsletter. Yes. Uh, so I have a few of those. One of them from the first week that I started, one of them from the last week I started, uh, with some in between. Uh, something, I have a couple little like trinkets here and there that I, I got. And then I have a stuffed animal from, that I got at 
what was the back? What was the place in the back of Magic Kingdom that we could go and? What was that place called? You know what I'm talking about? The store. Did, oh, the Cast Connections. Yeah, Cast Connections. So they had this. Remember the alien from Alien Encounter, but not the mean alien, like the super cute little fluffy thing with the big nose that looked like Gonzo in the beginning. Is it Skippy? Yeah, Skippy. I have, I have him. I will never get rid of him. He's in my, he's downstairs in my childhood stuffed animal collections. But I don't have anything. Oh, I have a, I have a shirt that says cast member on it that looks like it went through World War. 30. <laughs> well, so I will not loved. get rid of it. And I still wear it. It's very well loved. It's 20 years old. Um, but that's, I mean, like, I don't have anything big. I don't have any, like, I don't have anything expensive. I have my memories. So something that's not possessional that I have, though, and it kind of goes with uh, one of the questions you asked me earlier. And this may or may not make me emotional with it, but... If you say Lance Bass... No, it's not <laughs> being Lance Bass. Okay, so it's it's not a possession. It's a... It kind of goes along with something that could have only happened because of the cast member, and then kind of it kind of mixes these two together. So for anybody who does not know me, I am a very random person, and I have... No shame in going up to somebody and saying, hey, do you know, did you, you know, no problem doing that whatsoever. So my roommate, uh, she worked at Animal Kingdom Lodge and she brought home back to the apartment one of the girls that she worked with and started talking to her, come to find out that she is from Lockport, New York. Now, Buffalo is... Basically, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like, everybody knows somebody who knows somebody that knows you. That's how Buffalo works. We're just a very close-knit Buffalo love. That's how it is. So, Lockport is about 20 minutes from me. I said, oh, Lockport? Where did you go to high school? She told me, you know, Lockport High School. And so, growing up, being a young grammar school kid, I had a best friend growing up. And we did everything together. We lived a couple streets away. When you're in second grade, you rely on your moms to drive you back and forth. When she was in third grade, they moved to Lockport. And 20 minutes away when you're in third grade is a very far way away. You don't see each other very often. So as time went on, go to different schools. We don't see each other anymore. So I, at this point now, we're talking years later. I have no idea if she even still lived in Lockport, if she went to Lockport High School. So I randomly asked this person who I just met, oh, do you by chance know so-and-so? She said, yeah, we were really good friends in high school. I said, oh, my gosh. And I kind of told her the story. She said, you know she's on the college program right now, right? I said, no. So come to find out, childhood friend uh, was on the college program. What's even funnier is she was in the building, one building over from me. Oh, geez. And (laughs) her and I reconnected. And now they actually live in Texas now. Um, But my husband and I are her son's godparents. And we have stayed in touch since 2001. That's so, awesome. 
I, if anything, you know, my name tags are great, but I was able to reconnect with somebody from being a kid, which that would have never happened, ever. I We never would have reconnected. So, yeah, that's, that's my, uh, it pays to be random people. Okay. <laughs> that's what I have to say about that. It pays to be a random person. You never know. <laughs> but, yes. That's what I got. <laughs> but what I really want to know is, did you save any of the telecasts? I do have one. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was with my eyes and ears, um, which I found just before this call and it's not there now so I have a feeling that it's with my name tag. Okay. Because I know I have one. That, that's something I'm I'm sure they must still print them. So a telecast is every you know day or whatever you would go to work and it was this little printed out piece of paper that folded like an accordion and it had every park's hours on it the time of every parade, you, you know, just every, like, kind of little detail about what was going on that day. So if a guest came mm-hmm. up and asked you, you know, what time does Magic Kingdom close tonight, you could whip out your telecast and it would, you could tell them, oh, it closes at 11 or it closes at midnight or those things were awesome. It also had, like, some of the main food items, like, can you tell me where the closest Mickey bar is to here? It had that. Yeah. For it was if basically for... a cheat sheet for cast members. Yeah, and yeah. And they do still make them because on one of my trips a couple years ago, I found one in the middle of the street. Awesome. In one of the parks. And I grabbed it. Yes, you did. And I knew what it was, and I did not care, and I should not have had it. It was privileged information, but... <laughs> That's the way to put it. <laughs> Privileged information. Let's be honest, I knew all the information anyway that was in it, so it was nothing news to me. There was no, you know, nothing shocking in it or anything, but a guest should not have those. No. That's so funny. Okay. Um, so let's see. As a cast member, what did working at Walt Disney world mean to you as a cast member as a person you know what what did it mean what did it what did working there mean to you um man it's hard-hitting questions it is i mean it (laughs) disney uh, you said it earlier like disney is just part of my life it always it since i was younger now um, so being able to say that I worked for Disney, just it, it meant everything. It, it just, it, I don't want to say it like made me who I am because I, you know, it obviously didn't, but it, it had a big impact on everything. It, how a huge company operates, um, seeing people from all walks of life, making friends from everywhere, keeping those friends. I mean, it just, to be able to say that I 
got to work for Disney and being able to put that on my resume, like I take pride in that. And I make sure, and I, I've, you know, the company I'm working for now, I've been there for a number of years. So I don't, I don't foresee having to put it on my, you know, hand a resume and anywhere else. But prior to, to finding the job that I took, I took pride in saying, yes, I worked for Disney, you know, and making sure that people knew, people know what those three circles put together mean. And, when you see that on a resume, like, you know that they're not just going to hire anybody, that they have thought long and hard that you, there's something about you that you're going to be able to make each day, regardless if you're a janitor or food service or ride operator or anything, that you're going to be able to make each day special. And you're going to, somebody who goes into that park there's something about you that you're going to be able to make their day special. And it might just be, you know, seeing back back then, you know, they sold name tags as souvenirs for kids. So as simple as seeing like, oh, Sarah, it's your birthday, you know, happy birthday, Sarah, or something like that. It's, I love being able to say that I work for the company. So. It's a tough one. I know. So one of the things that, I get asked a lot when I just randomly mentioned that I worked for Disney, even though no one asked. (laughs) (laughs) That like never happened. (laughs) Did working at Disney ruin the magic for you? No, Nope. Not at all. No, I mean, I, I, I'm the dork that I take, I think it's cool being able to see like, oh, so that's how they get from, you know, where the door is to get underground and, you know, walking to Pirates of the Caribbean and I'll tell my husband or my parents like, that's a secret door. Like, that, that's, you know, that, that door right there, that's a secret door. No, I think it made it more magical. Same here. And I, I wouldn't let it ruin. I mean, I had somebody cover my eyes so I didn't let something ruin the magic, which I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ruin for anybody, but I did accidentally see something I shouldn't have seen that time. <laughs> and it made me sad. It, it did make me very sad, but I'm an adult and I know the secrets. So we're going to leave it at that. Um, (laughs) But no, it made it more magical. 100% made it more magical. I think so, too. I mean, for me, anyway, especially, like, learning about some of the backstories and, you know, seeing, yes, getting that peek behind the curtain. It made it magical in a different way that most people don't necessarily get. Yeah. So, okay. What advice would you give to someone thinking about applying to the Disney college program? I love this question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So 
Do you have a prepared okay. statement? <laughs> I do. Yes. How long you look it up? Um, so I, I, and actually it, it happened on one of our trips, but I will tell you my advice first. So two pieces of advice. If they ask you, uh, will you take a janitor position? Say yes. Uh, you know, because number one, no matter what job you take, you got to keep things clean. And when all is said and done, you're working for, as we have said a number of times on this call, that this company is huge. To be able to say that you worked for Walt Disney World is a, not a lot of people, regardless of how many employees they have, not a lot of people get to say that they do that. And it gets you far. It gets you further than you think it would, being able to put that on your resume. And it makes you stand out. And I think the other thing is, no matter how tough you think it is when you're on that program and your family feels, and they are thousands of miles away, just stick it out. Because in the beginning, it is very hard. It is so hard to be away from your family. And I know I was there where I wanted to go home, but I stuck it out. And man, am I glad that I did. So... No matter how hard it is, just stick it out, be random, make a friend, and you won't regret it at all because 20 years later, you'll be doing a podcast with that friend (laughs) and (laughs) talking about all the memories that you shared back then and through the years, and you won't regret it. And we had, so I actually gave that piece of advice to a cast member on uh, was it James's, my son's first trip to Disney? He was 11 months old. So we were taking advantage of the baby centers. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we, cause we go in August and it's hot. So we were taking advantage of the baby centers and the one girl that was in there, she was, you could totally tell she was college program. And, uh, you know, I start, of course, the whole, I had to tell her I worked for Disney cause she didn't ask. Um, so make sure I told her that I was a cast member <laughs> and we always started talking about where I worked and, and I asked her, how are you doing? Like, how, uh, how are you doing? She said, it's really tough. I, I miss my family. I'm really thinking about going home. And I basically told her that same thing of don't, don't do it because you will regret going home. Um, I promise you it gets easier and you will be happy and you will make friends. And can I tell you that so that year that James was 11 months old was the year that we went to Disney four times in like nine months because <laughs> it just happened. Like Dan, my husband had to go down for work. So of course I had to go with him. So um about two and a half months after that first trip, we went back to Epcot and we went back to the baby center and she was still there. And we walked in with James, and she actually remembered us. And she's like, I am so glad that I stuck it out. And it made me so happy. Like, she remembered, and we sat there. We talked for another 20 minutes. Um, and, uh, yeah, so just just stick it out. You won't regret it. Yeah, those first few weeks can be a little bit rough because you're trying to figure a lot of things out. How do I get to work? How do I do my job? And <laughs> how, how do I adult? How do I cash my check? 
just, you know, you're, you're just, yeah, you're just trying to figure it all out. And, but you know, it's funny because, you know, I mean, I went to college and I don't have a friend from college that I'm close to, like I'm close to my friends from college program. Like I made better friendships in six months than I made, (laughs) you know, in three, Mm -hmm. four years at college. The, The only other thing that I ever did where I would have had as tight of friendships as be in the Navy. So it's like a hyper rich environment and you're soaking everything in at like hyper speed because it's such a short amount of time. And then, and then two decades later, you're like, going on vacations together and doing a podcast together and (laughs) so yeah and I I have yet to meet somebody who did a college program who does not still have like lifelong friendships from it yeah so that's good advice I I 10 10 on that totally agree stick it out (laughs) yes are you ready for the last question that I am so oh excited to ask you? I can barely contain myself. I'm excited. Yes, I'm ready. Go for it. Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> All right. So I'm calling this little segment Three Wishes with Walt. So if Robin Williams appeared before you as the genie <laughs> and granted you the opportunity to do any three things with Walt Disney, maybe it's experiencing a certain ride or a show or eating at a certain restaurant, anything, anything, anything you want, what three things would you do? What What three things would I do with Walt? With Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so number one, we would have, I would want a private room, private area, and just the two of us on the Carousel of Progress because that's Walt's. Like, that's his. That's, that's you know, World's Fair. That's Walt's thing. And I want him... I don't want him to ruin the magic, but I want to know, like, what was he thinking? And how did he come up with, in 1960, how did he come up with what the future was going to be like? Which is kind of a little accurate, somewhat, but I want to know what his thought process was in making that and talk me through it and, you know, and then write it a second time and not talk and watch his <laughs> face experiencing this moving attraction. That's still totally no, even, awesome and relevant and people amazing. still love it. Like one of the, you know, people will go in there and, and take the, like that 20 minute nap and I sit there and I wait for the great, big, beautiful tomorrow song, come on. And yeah. Um, so that would be wish number one. Cause I think that would, you know, that's his. That's a good one. Um, wish number two. Let's see here. Uh, I want to see his, there's going to be a lot of dead air on this. Um, <laughs> I want to see 
I want to, I want to walk through the parks with him. Just the two of us. Nobody else. It's like a private tour. Completely private. And I want to see what he thinks of what the parks are today. Is it everything he imagined? Is he happy that Johnny Depp is now, you know, the lead pirate in Pirates of the Caribbean? Things like that, because that was something that he created and that was from his time. And it's a little different now, but what's his take on it? What's his take of what the parks have become? Is he good with the experimental prototype community of tomorrow? Is that where he imagined that going? Because we know that, you know, he passed prior to that taking off. He just had the idea of it. So what, what does he think about how the parks are? Is he happy that there's a park that's dedicated to animals? Oh, um, he absolutely is. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I, I just, from what we know, I think, I mean, he wanted the Jungle Cruise to have real animals. <laughs> I can only imagine that Animal Kingdom would blow his mind. Yes. Um, my third wish. My third wish with Walt. I want to see him in action. I want to be in his studio watching him recreate from scratch, if you will, if you can, but like Steamboat Willie. But I want to see him drawing. I want to see him putting this idea of animation from pen to paper and how he did it. Like, it's it's a lot different now. You know, I've watched the documentaries and how they create the animation on the computer. But back then, there weren't any computers. It was all done by hand. Yeah. All done by hand. And I want to see that. I want I want to I want to see that. You and want to see him do it. Time. I want to see him do that. Yeah, yeah. Him. Him. Yes. Yeah. Those are my three. Sweet. That's what I got. <laughs> and obviously asking like a million questions the entire day like I would talk his ear off the parks to ourselves I would completely talk his ear off like I thought so sitting here and I'm like she's gonna ask I know I know I know Dawn's gonna ask me if I had any questions I could ask for Walt what would it be so <laughs> I actually prepared myself for a question I would ask Walt well what would you ask him I would ask him. Since you brought it up. Um, I, right? So, okay. The whole animation thing, which is where the Steamboat Willie wish came from. But the animation is so different and how it is. And I want to know, because we know the classics like Dumbo or, yeah, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland. And those are classics. Those are timeless. But now you have movies like Frozen. And Moana, which are great animation movies for their time. But I want to know, how does he feel about them? Like, it's because the premise of them, yes, there's princesses and there's queens and there's, you know, rebel daughters who go beyond the reef. Um, but is that where, is he happy with that, those types of storylines? Because they're, they are different than what Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs were and what Pinocchio was and things like that. So how does he feel about the new age animation? 
Do you mean specifically like the way that it looks or the actual scripting of it? I think a little bit of both. Okay. Because the animation is, I mean, it is still there and they do still draw some of the stuff by hand, but you can tell it's different. You know, oh, I yeah. mean, and just like anything between the 1950s and 2020, you could tell that things have obviously gotten better with technology, but how would he adapt to that? Would he still, would he, would, if he were to make Moana, let's say he was okay with the script and how the script was, would he do it old school, like how he created Snow White, or would he adapt to the fact that it's all computer generated and do it new school? Good questions. I feel like he was always so innovative that it wouldn't even faze him that it's a different it's a different process to present the art form now. But you know, then you you know you think about like Lilo and Stitch was kind of it was a hand animated movie that looked very different from the other Mm -hmm. hand animated movies, but. Yeah, those are good questions. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny that you were like, "What is?" She? Yeah, I know she's gonna. Yeah, thought and yeah, miss. <laughs> I even talked to Dan about it. I'm like, Dan, I know she's gonna ask me if I could ask Walt a question. What would you ask Walt? He's like, I don't know. Now you're gonna have to go tell him I was wrong. No. <laughs> She blindsided me with this other thing. <laughs> that was a good one, though. That was a really good one. I like that. Yeah? And Robin Williams. Oh. I f- I'm thinking about making that my my permanent final question for for cast member interviews. But I don't, I don't want people to, like, think about it for a real long time and try to mm-hmm. get all, you know... You know, it's a it's a good on the spot question, so I might have to come up with a debr- a couple of different ones and rotate them, so nobody yeah. ever knows what they're gonna get. <laughs> cool. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add or say before we say good night? No, I think just like we said before, if you get the opportunity once once the program is back on, which it, I have every hope that it will be because us college program kids, we helped make lots of dreams come true. Uh, you get the opportunity, take it. It's college, most colleges, it's college credit, so there's your intern credit, but don't hesitate. Just go for it and produce, just, just do it. <laughs> in the in the words of Tina Fey, just say yes and you'll figure it out later. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing all the the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, the nitty the nitty gritty because it is it is magical and awesome, but it's also work. So, you know. Of but we do always want to shout out to the cast members because they're working when it's hot. They're working when it's raining. They're working when a busy, busy day and there's a million people 
everywhere and they're just trying to be helpful. And so just try not to forget that when you're wandering through the parks and there's, they're stepping out to, to try to do whatever little thing they can do to make your time there better. Yeah. I know you guys do. I know you guys do, right? Because once you've done it yourself, when you go, you're like, it's like you're a cast member for the cast members. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. you're trying to make them more comfortable. <laughs> yep. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, thanks for coming on yet again. Of course. Um, yes, thanks for having me. And thanks for letting me talk about Disney when you actually asked me. I didn't have to just bring it up. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. Why do I feel like I'm going to hear that a lot more going forward? <laughs> well, since you asked. Yeah, I know we're not the only two people that are like this. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That's a wrap on this episode. Thanks so much for riding the red line with us as Katie shared her stories from the cast member side of the magic. If you're heading to the Disney parks or looking at booking a Disney cruise or adventures by Disney, Katie can help you get the best prices and discounts and the most signature personal service all at no cost to you. You can find her online at picturesandpostcardstravel.com. Now that you've had a listen, we invite you to join our Main and Magic Friends community on Facebook to share your thoughts about the episode. You can also feel free to reach out to Katie in the group and ask her any other questions that you'd like to know the answers to. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Main and Magic to join. If you've got a comment or a question, you can also email me at mainandmagic at gmail.com and you can find us on Instagram at mainandmagic. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share it out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and pop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, in the Disney tradition around here, we don't like to say goodbye. So we say, see you real soon.